Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, podcast listeners. Jason Martin, along with Clay Travis. He's down in Orlando. Surprised his kids, as he told you guys he was going to do on Friday. They're all amusement parking out, having a blast. And we had a blast for three hours today on the I Kick the Coverage podcast. We appreciate all you guys subscribing and rating and reviewing and just pushing us nearer and nearer to the top of those charts where we want to be. Tons of NFL and college football. The playoff, it's now decided. Was A&M hosed? Should they have gotten in? What do you think about Ohio State and their six games? Chiefs get out of New Orleans with a victory. It was a close ball game. Breeze didn't look good early, looked better late. But, I mean, how about the Jets beating the Rams and in the process maybe costing themselves the chance to draft Trevor Lawrence? Just a lot of football. A lot to get to. Plus, how about the uh, bonuses for the Outkick crew being tied to the Fantasy League? Uh, how did it go? Uh, spoiler alert, not very well. Enjoy it. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays from everybody at Outkick the Coverage. We thank you so much for your support. We hope you have a wonderful week. Clay's going to take the rest of the week off. It'll be Jeff Schwartz and Jonas Knox in the next few days. But enjoy the podcast. And from all of us to all of you, Merry Christmas to you and yours. Thanks so much for all that you do. We don't have a show. We don't have a brand. We don't have anything without you guys. So, again, Merry Christmas. Enjoy the show. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Well, this doesn't sound like Clay Travis's voice, and you are adept there. Way to go, Inspector Gadget. You are right. I am Jason Martin, however, host of the Jason Martin Show, heard on many of these same Fox Sports Radio stations on Sunday mornings, and of course... 
started a large part of my career certainly with this very show on outkick the coverage but clay travis he's actually with us he surprised his kids with a trip to orlando they're going all full amusement park this week so now i'm jealous as well even though we went to universal abby and i went to universal back in february thinking you know this might be the last chance we get to do something like this because we're gonna we're gonna attempt to try and have children and that attempt has been successful i'm here to tell you but all right, Clay, before we actually talk about you being in Orlando and all this craziness with the Jets and the Chiefs getting the job done and college football, there's a lot. Sports was awesome this weekend. Just so much to talk about. But you're in Orlando, which means you were not at the Titans-Lions game. And on your way out of town, you made sure to do something that, that I saw. I saw it pop up on Twitter, and I said, I really want to ask you about this and talk about it because it's important because I'm not sure anybody has had a harder year than these folks yeah well first of all uh we have we're down in orlando um and i said on friday show that we were going to surprise our kids so we managed to do that uh i've got a 12 year old uh, a 10 year old and a six year old and we are at universal studios um it is open along with disney world and the other amusement parks down here so uh this is the only day this week that i'm going to be uh that i'm going to be on the radio we've got a best of playing on christmas so right off the top here uh, we're going to dive into the nfl and college football it was a phenomenal week Again, uh, we watched a lot of these games from a sports bar uh, at Universal Studios. My kids uh, and I had an uh, amazing time watching all the different games going on uh, from a different kind of venue. Uh, but uh, so early Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everybody out there. I hope that you and your crew are having a great start to your week. Uh, but yeah, we were ordinarily we would go to uh, the Titans game, right? I'm a season ticket holder. Uh, we go uh, to watch those games every. Uh, we've been to what six of them, I think, this year. We had tickets for the uh, for the Lions game. Um, and uh, we surprised the kids, but we didn't plan this trip a long way in advance. So we had tickets for the Lions game. Our tickets, I would have taken my kids. We would have gone and watched. And uh, I decided I wanted to do a small little thing for people out there. Uh, we have a lot of uh, members of the military, a lot of law enforcement who listen to this show and are fans of this show. And so I went on social media on Sunday and said, hey, uh, anybody out there who uh, is able to go, if you're a law enforcement or uh, a, uh, a soldier or a veteran or past or present or whatever that uh, we would like to give you our tickets and so we had a lot of people reach out and uh, I was happy to do that and I hope uh, the four people who went had a, a good time they told me that they did and uh, they certainly got to see a good game wasn't as interesting of a game necessarily as the uh, the Chiefs game against the Saints or what I thought was the wildest game maybe of the season, which is the Rams losing to uh, the Jets. And those are both opposite extremes. And really, the biggest storyline associated with that is how we went from a situation where you thought maybe, at least possibly, that uh, the Trevor Lawrence is going to be headed to the Jets, so there would at least be some solace, some redemption at the end of the season for the Jets. Instead, waking up this morning, you're a Jacksonville Jaguar fan, you are feeling really, really good about Trevor Lawrence, assuming your team doesn't do the same thing that the Jets did and end up winning a game that you have no interest in them winning. But you look at the game against uh, 
uh, the, uh, the the seven and seven uh, the Bears, right? Yeah, That's yeah. probably going to be a loss for the Jags, and then certainly the Jags are going to lose, I would think, to the Colts, who they uh, who they, the only team they've beaten so far this year, and the Colts are going to need to win that game uh, to either win the AFC South or to uh, to be a wild card team. So. I think the Jags are going to go one and fifteen. They've got the tie break now over the uh, over the Jets, and so congratulations to Jacksonville fans. It looks like Trevor Lawrence is headed to your town. So, if you're Trevor Lawrence, would you rather play in Jacksonville or New York? I think I already know the answer to this question. Well, I mean, I think it, it, it's a good question, and uh, to me, it's based on whether or not you trust the uh, ownership and the uh, the general manager and the executives, right? I mean, the Jets seem to be like they're going to clean house and go and go get, get a brand new coach. To me personally, if you told me I could live in Jacksonville or I could live in New York City, and some people may think this is crazy, I'd rather be in Jacksonville. Weather's better. Um, I, I like Jacksonville. It's a good town. I think it's easier to have a normal life in Jacksonville than it is to have a normal life in New York. And I say this as a kid who went to school on the East Coast. I mean, I would rather live in Jacksonville than I would New York. I mean, I choose to live in Nashville instead of New York City. I could live in New York if I wanted to. People have tried to get me to move to New York or L.A. Um, I think there's a lot of places in the middle part of the country, smaller areas, that are a lot of fun to live in. And so, uh, to me, that's not a uh, it's not a difficult call. What about you? Would you rather live in Jacksonville or New York City? Well, I mean, I think now I, I tend to agree, especially if I'm a kid from Georgia. Like if I if I'm Trevor Lawrence, just up the road from yes. from Clemson. I think it's much less of a cultural change. Now these guys are all. You know, a lot of them will say football's football because you're in the locker room, you're focused on it all the time, and so the city doesn't matter as much. But yeah, I think if you're Trevor Lawrence, there's a lot less of a cultural change going from Clemson to Jacksonville than there is Clemson to New York City. Yeah, and look, if he's a superstar, he'll be on TV all the time. All you have to do is look at Zion Williamson and how many Pels games were on TV, even with him being injured. They ended up with what? I think 29 games. That were on national television last season in a franchise that, quite frankly, you haven't heard much from pretty much ever, especially since they got there. Zion changed the it. NFL, There's TV it cameras matter. everywhere. It doesn't matter where you, especially in the NFL, where there's such an obsession with NFL coverage. If anything, uh, you know, Sam Darnold uh, has certainly lived that New York lifestyle, but where there's less media coverage, I would think in Jacksonville, it's a little bit easier to have a normal life. Right. Uh, I, I think, you know, you're not getting every word analyzed by as many different people in the media as you would in New York. Um, and so to me, I, I don't know. I, I don't see that as a tough call. Plus, Jacksonville, at least at times, has been a organization that seems more consistent. Um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe maybe in its belief. I mean, they gave Blake Bortles a long time to prove whether or not mm-hmm. he was the guy, right? And they paid him well even after he wasn't the guy. I don't think that you've seen a situation where Jacksonville has turned the tape pages too quickly on uh, on quarterbacks. So uh, I'm not sure. Obviously, going to a bad team is never ideal. It'd be better if you happened to end up on a, on a decent team, I think, somewhere in the first round. I think Lamar Jackson uh, benefited by going to the Ravens with their culture. I think Josh Allen, who uh, is on fire right now with the Bills, I imagine we'll talk about him a little bit later in the show as well, benefited uh, by going to Buffalo, where it seems like they finally got things moving in the right direction. Uh, but uh, but I, I'm ecstatic if I'm Jacksonville. And by the way, 22-1 and one if I'm the Chiefs on the flip yeah. side. Like, uh, you know, one quarterback can change everything. The Chiefs couldn't win anything, and now they look like the new Patriots because of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, they outlast the Saints. Drew Brees comes back. I wasn't sure he should have come back, but Jameis was actually put on the COVID list 
on Sunday morning, so he wasn't going to be available. Taysom Hill doesn't need to be available as a quarterback because increasingly by the week you see those flaws and more tape is out there on him and it wasn't going to continue to go well. But I think the bigger point is just the Chiefs. The Chiefs were my preseason pick to win the Super Bowl and I'm not patting myself on the back because it's obvious for anybody that that was a smart pick. I picked them over the Saints as a matter of fact. This game was another one score game though Clay and that's the only thing that that bothers me a little bit about the Chiefs but generally speaking it's teams trying to come from behind to overcome deficits. Yeah look the the Chiefs I, I believe this 100%. If you had to choose right now between every team in the NFL or the Chiefs uh, I think you go with the Chiefs as the, the favorite to win the Super Bowl. In other words, I would let you have 31 teams right now, uh, and I would uh, I would take the Chiefs. So I think that's where we're headed. I think that's what's going on right now, um, and uh, I think the Chiefs are going to repeat and 22 and one. I mean, that is just. I mean, that's like what a good NBA team does if they're trying to set an all-time record for wins. That's unheard of. I mean, even in college, going 22-1 and is almost impossible. And to do it in the NFL, where there is virtually no difference between uh, many of these teams or the point spreads are relatively low, uh, I, it just speaks to how dominant Patrick Mahomes has become. Uh, and I think he is uh, well on his way, as I've been saying for, for, for a couple of years now. Um, I think he's the Tom Brady of his generation, except the difference is, unlike Tom Brady who had Peyton Manning, so far there hasn't been anybody who has been proven to be a legitimate rival uh, to Patrick Mahomes for the throne of uh, of the NFL greatest quarterback of his generation. Yeah, well, we didn't see that coming when he was at Texas Tech. And we're going to talk about another Texas team, A&M, and whether or not they deserve to be in a college football playoff now that that's all set. We're going to switch to the college game when we come back. Stick with us. Big time show. Just a ton of football to talk about. Glad to be here with you. Jason Martin and Clay Travis. We'll be right back. I'll kick the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Clay, so I did my show yesterday morning, and I said, I'm going to go ahead and spoil this for you because I don't think that it's actually all that complicated. I don't think Texas A&M has a prayer, and I think Jimbo knew it because he was making the desperate pitch of somebody that was trying to sell it to his own fan base. I didn't see the eye test with Texas A&M anyway, but you get exactly what we thought. You get Alabama, you get Clemson, you get Ohio State, and their six wins. And you get Notre Dame, even after the shellacking that they took in the ACC championship game. So how do you assess the way this all went down? TV got what they wanted to get. I mean, I hate to be as straightforward as this, but for weeks on the show, I've been predicting exactly what we ended up with, which was Alabama against Notre Dame and Clemson against Ohio State. I think it is set up perfectly. You could see it all coming. Um, I, I said the Texas A&M was likely to be the fifth team looking on the outside, unable to be uh, to be added. And uh, to me, this is always a challenge, right? When you get into deciding who the college football playoff teams are going to be, it's always a balancing act between best and most deserving. And it's easy when the teams are the best and also the most deserving. And we know in that situation, Alabama and Clemson were the two best teams all season long, and they were the most deserving the way they won their championships. And before we even get into uh, analyzing these matchups, I do think we are underrating to a large extent how incredible and phenomenal the fact that the college football season actually happened was because there were a lot of people out there fighting against this as hard as they possibly could be and to me I wanted to hit these numbers because I think there are a lot of people involved players coaches administrators uh, league uh, executives the SEC played 69 out of 71 scheduled games 70 regular season games they had on uh, on the radar the 71st obviously being the SEC championship game, if you had told people that they were going to play 97.2% of their schedule, I think people would have said that's crazy. There's no way that's going to happen. The Big 12 played 53 out of 56 of their scheduled games, including their conference champion. That's 94.6% of their overall games. The ACC, 86 out of 91. That's 94.5% of their scheduled games. Big 10, there's obviously a big drop-off here, 51 out of 64, 79.7%. And then the Pac-12, 32 out of 43 scheduled games, 74.4%. So to me, the SEC, the Big 12, and the ACC – 
did as good of a job possible to get their schedules played at a time when everybody out there was saying, there's no way that all these games are going to get played. What are you thinking, even attempting them? And, by the way, they did them with fans present and without any serious health consequences for the players involved in their leagues, something that we were also told that was impossible. And I want to give a shout-out in particular to SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey because I think it was his leadership that made this possible and made it a reality in the way that we broke down everything surrounding this storyline. And to me, it's one of the greatest accomplishments in the history of college football. And I know that uh, there's a lot of doom and gloom, and there has been a lot of doom and gloom, but to get us to the point where we crown legitimate champions in the SEC and arguably the most legitimate champion ever, frankly, right, if you really go through and look at the at the performance. I mean, Alabama at 11-0 and is as legitimate of a champion as we've ever seen before, uh, to, to be quite honest. And as if that weren't enough, if you break down uh, Clemson, obviously beating Notre Dame, having Notre Dame in the ACC, and Oklahoma in the Big 12, those are as good of a champions as you could possibly hope for. Now, Oregon at 4-2, and two, Ohio State at 6-0, and oh, I don't think it obviously worked out as well in those conferences because of the decisions they made. But let's not underrate what was accomplished here and how many people said it was impossible. And uh, look, I've always said, and you know this, uh, Jason Martin, that much of American history is about overcoming obstacles and adversity and finding out a way to make things happen, even when it is incredibly difficult in order to make that happen. Sort of the DNA of American life to me is finding a way, even when challenges would suggest it's incredibly difficult to do. And I think that's exactly what college football did. And instead of sort of meekly curling up in the fetal position and making a choice that it's safer or braver to not attempt to do something, I think we need to be praising the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 for finding a way to make it happen. You know, I'll go even further and be more blunt about it because really what it is, history is written by the people that have the balls to stand up to joy thieves. And that's the way I felt about 2020 in a nutshell because how many national types in the media were just waiting for this to fall apart? For months and months and months and and tisk tisk tisking all these people and just shaking their heads and can't you're not gonna be able to pull this off and they pulled it off. And it's because they stood up and had the guts to basically question the garbage that we know has been spewing from the mouths of a lot of people that let's be real, that have blue check marks next to their name but have agendas that are a lot bigger than those blue check marks. And those agendas just did not they didn't match up with the evidence, Clay. So yeah, credit to Sankey, credit to all of these guys. The Pac twelve looks pretty bad right now, do they not? I think the Pac-12 looks atrocious. I mean, I said on my show uh, last week that I thought they should fire uh, Larry Scott and every member of the leadership in the Pac-12. Now, the one thing you could probably say in defense of Larry Scott and the people in the Pac-12 is the individual state leaders 
have not given them a lot of help, and that's how, mm-hmm. obviously, the, the Pac-12 uh, has had difficulty playing. You had to have Stanford relocate. You've had to have a lot of teams begging for the ability to play, and we're not going to play the Rose Bowl in California effectively this year. Uh, they played, you know, back in the pandemic year. Uh, I think the last time they moved the Rose Bowl was during World War II when, and this is crazy to think about, they didn't believe it was safe to play the Rose Bowl on the West Coast because they were afraid, potentially, that the West Coast of the United States might come under attack because we had just had Pearl Harbor happen. And so, I mean, you think about how wild that is, uh, and now they're moving the game down to Dallas. And, and look, I mean, I think there are some states that have done whatever they can to balance out, try to have as normal of a life, even in the midst of challenging circumstances. And I would say that California and Florida of the populous states, sorry, are basically opposite examples there, right? Texas and mm-hmm. Florida, I would say, have tried to have some sense of normalcy, even amid challenges. And then you got a state like California, which is trying to cancel as much as they possibly can. So it's not a surprise to me that the, uh, that the Rose Bowl ends up getting uh, basically relocated. And, I mean, I still think this is crazy. You know, we've got the 49ers basically going to finish out their season in a neighbor state of Arizona rather than stand up to uh, the, the power grab going on in California. So this is all part and parcel of the larger storyline that sports reflects the challenges that are going on in our country. But to me, the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 deserve a tremendous amount of credit. And uh, when you look at Alabama, who got to 11-0, and when you look at Clemson, who got to 10-1, and Notre Dame at 10-1, and to me, those three stories are substantially different than the Ohio State story. And I wrote uh, on OutKick on Sunday morning, hey, here's what's going to happen. It's going to be number one Alabama against number four Notre Dame. By the way, 19-point spread there, yeah. which is a pretty massive number to be yeah. nearly a three-touchdown favorite uh, in a playoff game like Alabama is. Clemson around a touchdown favorite over Ohio State. I said that was what was going to happen. Uh, but Ohio State's only played six games, so I think it's relatively difficult to know what to expect from them, whereas we've gotten a lot of different data points on Alabama, Clemson, and on uh, and on Notre Dame. They played 11 games, nearly twice as many as everybody else. And the reason why I said those four would be picked is for television, for ratings in a pandemic year where there have been a lot of difficulties. Television wants the best possible matchups. And I also said that if I were voting, I would have left Ohio State out. And that's despite the fact that I worked harder than any media member I know out there to try to get the Big Ten to be able to happen. But ultimately, if we've been saying for years to Notre Dame, hey, we're going to treat you differently because you've got you know, 12 games on your schedule and you're not playing a conference championship game, how is it that we're going to suddenly say to Ohio State, well, six games is enough? Either you know, we want all of these different things to look at, and by the way, for Ohio State fans out there, Look at what happened when you went on the road against Purdue a couple of years ago. Look at what happened when you went on the road against Iowa uh, a couple of years ago. One of the challenges of the college football season is not just winning the big games against uh, big-time opponents. It's also surviving. 
And sometimes you don't play your best, and somebody else does play their best. And finding a way to make that happen is a uh, is a big part of the storyline. And so I think ultimately I would have gone with Texas A and M to be frank over uh, those uh, over the uh, over Ohio State. Not because I don't think Ohio State's good, but because I don't think they're the most deserving. I think the problem is it sort of renders the regular season moot in a lot of ways because where Ohio State was assumed to be before any games were played is where they end up anyway because of assumptions you were assuming they're going to win the other games that they did not get to play that other teams had to play and because you didn't have you can't say was the Big Ten better than the ACC was the Big Ten better than the Big 12 because there were no common matchups between any of these no out of conference yeah and, and, and I think that's where the big challenge becomes. Not only that, you know, we've got a lot of people who listen that are certainly USC fans, and they've been reaching out and saying to me, well, why did, and I know USC ended up losing to Oregon, but why did USC never end up in the conversation? It's because when the season started, we didn't think USC was very good. Right. And that's one of the big problems with preseason polls is many times they are used to reflect what we already believed as opposed to actually looking at what's happening and adjusting. Uh, our, our opinions as a result. And so I think that's one of the big challenges out there in general. It's why I don't ever do a preseason pull it out kick. I try to wait till the season starts because I don't know that we need to have that expectation governing the results for the entire season. Um, and, you know, the, 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 the upshot of it all is I think we're going to end up with Alabama and Clemson no matter what mm-hmm. uh, for a fifth time in the playoff. I think Clemson is a lot better than Ohio State. Certainly we've seen uh, the Clemson ceiling be a lot higher than the Ohio State ceiling. And I think Alabama is going to, uh, to dis- dismantle effectively Notre Dame. I-, I just I don't see any way the Irish are going to stop them. Yeah, I feel the same way. How about when we were given the tip of the hat to uh, Greg Sankey, how about we talk about that fantastic SEC championship game? that we got on Saturday I mean you got everything you possibly could have wanted out of that football game that thing was riveting to watch yeah and look I I think if you're Kyle Trask and you're Florida other than maybe Dan Mullen's time management at the end of the half where I do think he could have been a lot smarter about the time he left on the clock for Alabama and that's really one way that I think NFL teams are a lot more sophisticated often than college teams is they value possession a little bit more uh, and and so when you knew Alabama was going to uh, was going to get the ball there at the end to give them time I think it was to go down and get uh, get there whatever it was 35th point of the first half I think if I'm not mistaken mm-hmm. uh, it really took a lot of air out of it now I give credit a tremendous amount of credit honestly uh, for what they were able to accomplish to uh, uh, to Florida because I think they left no bullets in the proverbial gun and but the end result was and by the way if they had played like that all season I think they might have been undefeated if they had played that well uh, I think they would have beaten A&M and certainly they would have beaten LSU uh, but ultimately you know you come back and you look at it and you say in the grand scheme of things uh, Alabama I think has the potential to be one of our greatest champions ever and one of the big questions we asked when we came into the season was hey will this year have an asterisk associated with it, right? Because it's a bit of a different 
feel. Uh, but instead, it feels like the best teams are maybe standing out even more than they would in a normal season. And, I, and, I, and I'm curious what you think about that. I don't know in, if it's a function of discipline, and COVID has required a different level of discipline maybe than we're all used to in the past. And typically, a lot of times, what characterizes the best teams is not only being more talented, but also being better at being prepared at running, knowing your job, so to speak, in the Bill Belichick era. And it seems to me that the best teams in this COVID era have distinguished themselves as being even better than we might have expected. And, uh, and, and there's been a bigger gap as opposed to a smaller one. Yeah, I mean, when you look around and you see rudderless leadership, you also tend to see problems when it came to covid like there i think there is something to be said for discipline and you can point to whatever power five schools that you want or even group of five schools that you want and yeah the the teams that needed to find a way found a way i mean yeah the big 10 found a way to help ohio state uh there's no question about that they even they're even going to change their number down to 17 to make sure that that ohio state has the best opportunity possible to beat clemson yeah, let me talk on that a little bit because it's going to be a big topic of discussion and already has been. I talked to a bunch of people inside the Big Ten, and there's no doubt that they are changing it in their favor. But one aspect of that is it's also going to work to the benefit of all of the Big Ten schools uh, in basketball, right? So everybody's going to focus on the change for Ohio State, and I do think it's certainly beneficial for them given the fact that they've already got COVID issues. But it is, to me, kind of – Ohio State and the Big Ten in general giving up on virtue signaling because there was so much virtue signaling with the, oh, we're not going to play in July, or oh, we're going to come back and we're going to have more significant issues kind of associated with this. We're going to have our guys out longer than everybody else and, and all of those things. And by the way, I've got kids in my hotel room, if you happen to hear in the background. <laughs> they don't really care what Dad does for a living. So uh, like everybody else's kids, they're going to talk uh, and, uh, and, <laughs> and play oh, with their good. iPads. So in the event, people are like, hey, is there a, somebody else hosting this show? No, that's just my kids potentially fighting and yelling back and forth at each other uh, because we're down in Orlando. And I should mention this, too. Um, and, and, and I talked, a little, I think, a little bit earlier about this, but we decided to get away um, for a few days and surprise the kids. So we're down uh, at the amusement parks in Orlando until, uh, until uh, Tuesday night. We come back late in time for Christmas. And uh, so I'm going to be out the rest of the week. I think we've got uh, best of running on Friday, but I wanted to come on because there are so many. This is a big weekend, and there are so many different games to react to. And usually this weekend happens a couple of weeks earlier, right? Like we're much later in the calendar for the college football playoff to be set. Uh, but it's such a big Monday. I wanted to make sure even if I was uh, out of town and even if I was taking the kids away for vacation that I was, uh, that I was here to, uh, to be able to react to it. So uh, that's a roundabout answer to, uh, to, to, a, to a larger question. But I do, think, uh, I do think it's worth pointing out that the Big Ten, while they're doing things that seem to benefit Ohio State, it's also going to be a benefit to their basketball programs. But this is still just, I mean, they tried to virtue signal to the nth degree, and ultimately they got it all wrong. And I think this is another example of, you know, when you're trying to make the blue checkmark brigade happy on Twitter, sometimes you make really bad decisions. In fact, (laughs) I think everybody out there who runs any sort of business or, or has any kind of big decisions to make, 
you're paid for your judgment. The last thing I would want to do is pay attention to what a bunch of anonymous people or people who, with relatively small audiences who've never run businesses are telling me uh, that I should be doing on social media all day long. I would say this virtue signaling is a luxury. And at some point, there was a necessity for the Big Ten. So, yeah, they virtue signaled like crazy right up until the point where it was going to cost them. And then they were like, yeah. okay, we know this is garbage. Like, we know that we've made a ton of bad choices. 21 days is preposterous based on everything else that we're seeing in other sports and the way stuff's being handled. So, we're going to fix this. We're going to start regressing this back to kind of where it should be because all of a sudden, yeah, we don't, we don't have, we don't have the luxury anymore to virtue signal. Now we actually have to do something for our conference. Yeah, not only that. I mean, there's a lot of money at stake yes. to make the right decision, right? And uh, and so I do think it's uh, it's pretty intriguing in that respect uh, to think about the way that uh, the way that the decisions were made. And I said last week on my show, and and I would reiterate it uh, today on on the show. I think that down the road there is going to be an interesting opportunity to study decision-making in a time of crisis using COVID as that point of decision-making. And I don't know whether they're going to have college classes on it, you know, because ultimately hindsight becomes 2020 and we'll know who made the right decisions and who made the wrong decisions. And ultimately I think sports are an intriguing prism of that because the NFL found a way to get it done. College football is finding a way to get it done. Remember, everybody said, oh, there's no way you can play outside of a bubble. Well, Major League Baseball did it, and now the NBA is coming back, and they're like, okay, we're not playing our season in a bubble anymore. And uh, and they've done it, by and large, in a very healthy way. So uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I expect, like I said, I would be stunned if we don't get uh, if we don't get Alabama against Clemson as the championship game. But – I do think that television has to be ecstatic, and even people who are casual college football fans, we got four big-time programs and uh, two big-time games. Another question that I would love to address, and maybe we'll do it when we come back, I, ha- I have one question about A&M that I want to ask you, Clay, but also who the best player in the country is after what Dabo Swinney had to say on Saturday after the ACC championship game. That's all stuff we're going to get to, and of course a ton of pro football still to come also. You don't want to miss anything today merry christmas happy holidays clay's down in orlando i'm jason martin uh here in nashville in the studio just making sure that the ship has a rudder on it we are disciplined here we're not going down due to covid we'll be right back here on fox sports radio this is outkick the coverage with clay travis At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip i'd like to check into the centurion lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables Ooh, yum and how you get the most out of select can't miss events with access to the centurion lounge resi priority notified and amex card member benefits at select events You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, 
Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're glad to have you with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Clay Travis, of course, down in Orlando. He surprised the family with the same trip that my wife and I took back in February. I know they were at Universal yesterday. That's where I was for three days. And basically, we just chilled in Harry Potter world and didn't leave. Drank a bunch of butter beer and uh, hung out there. So it was a fun time. Hopefully, you're having a fun time. Hopefully, you are well. I said before the break, Clay, that... Um, the Heisman voting, and well, the, the Heisman voting has got to be done today. So everything's sort of already been seen. What we're going to see from here on out has no effect on anything. And Dabo Swinney was pretty matter-of-fact after the ACC championship game. He said, look, the Heisman Trophy should want to attach itself to Trevor Lawrence. If he's not the best player in the country, I don't know what you've been watching. So he made the case for his guy like anybody would. But here's the thing. I mean, we're watching teams crawl over broken glass to find a way to get Trevor Lawrence. The story's not, is he going to be the number one draft pick? It's, is he going to spurn whoever has the number one draft pick? That was the story that was being written all week. So I think the thing about what Dabo's saying is, Dabo Swinney is right, at least in theory, at least in principle. Well, a lot of times the number one overall pick is not the guy who ends up winning the Heisman sure. Trophy, right? And, and, and I believe we should be awarding the Heisman Trophy, frankly, after the college football playoff because there's still more opportunity to see teams play. So why would we want to uh, you know, award the Heisman Trophy beforehand? And the, the prime example of that to me, there are two. One is Vince Young, yes. who had one of the greatest games in college football history against USC. And everyone who watched that game, even though Reggie Bush, I believe, had won the Heisman Trophy that year, I think everybody who watched that game said, you know, it's pretty clear Vince Young is the best player in college football. And the other one is Deshaun Watson. Yes. Uh, when he took over and won the game and the national championship for, uh, for Clemson, it was pretty clear that he was the best player in college football, too. So even with the season itself, we oftentimes are ending up with guys who aren't the best. And I think the biggest challenge now for the Heisman is – you could make a strong argument that Alabama has as good, 
uh, of a quarterback as anybody else in college football this year at Mac Jones. Certainly they have the best wide receiver in Devontae Smith. And you could make an argument that if they really needed to run Najee Harris a lot, that he's the best running back in college football as well. Now, Travis Etienne uh, has an argument for that as well, and that's why I think we're going to see Alabama and Clemson end up going head-to-head because I think they have the most talent, the best playmakers at the right positions in all of college football. But to me, if it's anybody other than an Alabama player, Mac Jones or Devontae Smith, it's going to be because they split the vote and somebody else kind of snuck in as a result. Uh, and, uh, you know, I thought for a while it would be Kyle Trask. I, I would be very surprised if it's not Mac Jones or uh, Devontae Smith winning the Heisman Trophy in a few weeks. Well, the odds I have in front of me, Devontae Smith is now the favorite with Mac Jones right behind him, Trask in third. Trevor in fourth and Najee in fifth so we talked about all five of those guys and I tend to think and I felt this way watching Florida and Alabama both I'm like I feel like Devontae Smith and Kyle Pitts are as important if not more important than those quarterbacks as I don't look at Mac Jones or Kyle Trask you tell me this this is something we're going to be able to see for ourselves in the coming years Mac Jones and Kyle Trask neither one strike me as perennial pro bowl quarterbacks in the NFL Am I wrong? Like I, I look at them and I'm I, I'm impressed with what I'm seeing, but I'm seeing great college quarterbacks. I know they can throw, but there's nothing about them that just screams Trevor Lawrence to me, for example. Yeah, I mean, I think for Kyle Trask in particular, I think it's fair to say, does he have a monster arm? And a lot of times in the NFL, you have to have that monster arm, that ability to make throws. Like Saturday night, I was watching uh, Josh Allen. And I know that, and we probably can talk about Josh Allen some more in the show for sure, but I think Josh Allen has the ability. You can see why guys fall in love with guys with big arms like this Mm -hmm. because it's not enough to see guys. You have to a lot of times be throwing them open in the NFL. There's just not much of a window. And so that arm has to be super powerful. And I think you can ask that question about Kyle Trask. Does he have that next-level cannon to be able to uh, to be incredibly accurate. I know he's accurate, but does he have enough of an arm? And then Mac Jones, I mean, I think the question is going to be just how much talent is on that Alabama right. offense and to what extent is Steve Sarkeesian now being able to get the absolute utmost out of them at all times. And I think both of those questions are good ones that don't you know necessarily make you think that the ceiling is maybe as high as you would uh, would anticipate or want it to be for a first round quarterback. But look, you can argue if you look at the the third year quarterbacks right now, right? The two riskiest quarterbacks I would say coming in to the NFL three years ago were Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. And right now, I think it's fair to say Baker Mayfield is in that trio. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, like there's you know just arguably the most risky players have ended up as the best. And so that's because their ceilings were high, even though their floors may have been low too. They've been the guys that right now, I think if you were redrafting, I don't know what you would say, but I think you'd take Josh Allen as the first quarterback. I think he'd be the overall number one pick. Yeah, and boy, what a what a changeover from what are the Bills thinking when they drafted him and all those videos of experts saying that. And yeah, he can throw it 60 yards, but can he throw it five? And I, I know that comment really well because I said it as well. But this yeah, year look, proves so much. He didn't look much. like he could for no. the first two years. 
years. I no, mean, he didn't. And now he's just it's it's like his he's completely in a different world now of uh, of ability. And I watched him playing against Denver, and I said, man, the light bulb has come on for him in year three, and his ceiling still seems like it's pretty substantial. And suddenly he's pretty great at everything. There's just so much to get to. Luckily, we have a couple of more hours to get to it all. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Clay's with us all show long. I'm here in Nashville. He's down in Orlando. Thank God for technology. We'll be right back next hour of the program here on OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.